0: Get ready for biblical preaching and teaching. I am Pastor Adam Bigelow. Isn't it time to get unstuck? This is the Reaching Forward Podcast. We are going to be teaching from 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. And 1 Corinthians. I was reading about a church, and this church, when they had one of their first services, there were a lot of people that came to the church service that hadn't been to church before. So they said, you know, turn in your Bibles. No one had a Bible. And then they would also say, you know, they would be singing some songs, and then they wouldn't know songs. So. You can't take for granted that everybody knows where 1 Corinthians is or uh, chapter 4 or just, you know, looking at the Bible upside down. And I've seen it as I've watched, you know, people come for the first time and they'll look in the hymnal like it's a Bible, like, you know, where the songs are. And it's not everybody. I'm not saying these are educated people, but uh, church stuff is just different. I would have been right along with them before I got saved. I would have like just opened the bible to the middle and read psalms i wouldn't have known anything so i would have had to go to that little glossary thing to, to find out where the where the books were so first corinthians chapter four and we're going to be dealing with developing your testimony really that's what it speaks to us about in this chapter so we have to have a made-up mind to do that but what do you call a bee that can't make up its mind a maybe Someone gave some driving advice to their kid. said, son, when everything's coming your way, you are in the wrong lane. (laughs) And so there's this one lady that she had a photographic memory. You've met people like this, but they never developed it. Okay, but, you know, we can have all these skills, but we really need to develop the things that God gives us. And really, uh, so as a Christian, few things are as powerful as your testimony as your testimony, your witness. That's what the word means. And the word witness in the Bible comes from a Greek word that you'll probably recognize. The Greek word for witness, which is our testimony, is the word martyr. And of course, martyr, how we understand that word, is someone who suffers death as the penalty of witnessing And refusing to change their mind. I think there's that song that said that's my story and I'm sticking to it but of course the song they change their story all the time but as a Christian witness you say no that's my story it's the story and I'm sticking to it. So on witnessing we really look at three things on your on your testimony. A witness is three things right? You've got to see something, you've got to know something, and you've got to be something. So you don't have to be anything to be a witness. Have you heard of a, a false witness or a hostile witness? Courts, just because you say something or appear to know something, you might be lying. But as a Christian, we have to see something. We have to have a relationship with God. We have to say something, but we also have to be something. And that's what our testimony is in our witness. Someone said... As far as being a witness or being a testimony, nothing, you give testimony right in court. Well, nothing is fully yours unless you can give it away. If someone gives you something, you know, like some heirloom and you can't really sell it, it's not really yours. You're just holding it for like mom or grandpa or something. But if it's really yours, when I give something to someone, I say, you can sell it on eBay. You can throw it in the trash. What was I saying? It's yours. Just because the preacher gave it to you doesn't mean that you have to keep it for a generation, okay? You can do whatever you want. You can give it to someone else. And the same thing with our testimony. If it's really our testimony, we can give it away. That means we can share it because it is ours. So let's look at the first thing. is the testimony to God. A testimony to God. And so there were some Corinthians in the church that we're trying to judge Paul and Apollos and, and different ones. And, and really, in verses 1 to 5, Paul is sharing that the judgment of ministers really isn't up to people or men, but it's up to God. But what we can glean from it is how to develop our testimony. So your testimony is really your Christian character. Okay, Reputation is what people say you are. Character is what you are. So in a testimony, your first testimony is between you and God. You know, someone gives their life to Jesus Christ and they have a relationship or a walk with God. When Adam had eaten that of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and uh, God was walking in the garden and he's like, Adam, where art thou? I'm sure he didn't use King James English, right? Probably spoke Hebrew, but... He was looking for Adam had fled from his relationship with God and took his wife with him. So, but first of all, your testimony is between you and God. And then it grows to you and to family. And then it grows beyond that to the society. So those are the kind of the three sides, but it all stems out of a walk with God. So if you read the, the, uh, uh, the Ten Commandments... The first, I think, fourth, four commandments are just between you and God. And then the fifth commandment is honor your father and mother, okay? And then commandments six to ten, that's how you treat other people. But your first testimony is between you and God. And then it grows to your family, and then grows outward. So it's a natural progression. So um, I wrote down here, I said... uh, be careful not to damage your testimony. So, because God works through a relationship. He works through a relationship between you and him. And then uh, he works through a relationship between you and others. Have you ever heard someone say something and you're like, I don't believe that. Why? Because of the person that said it. Maybe it was on the news and you're like, ah, I don't believe that. It may have been true. But you doubted the source, right? It's like whatever that person says, I don't believe it. We don't want to be like that as Christians, okay? We want to have people say they're kooky Christians, but you know what? They have a testimony, they have a character that they're true people. So let's look at verse 1. Verses 1 to 5. So the testimony, being faithful to God, and, and never discount being faithful to God. It's so important. Let a man so account of us, Paul said. As of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God and we're holders of the the doctrine the teaching the gospel that not everybody knows we invited someone to church today and they looked at us like they had seen a ghost and I, I know my skin complexion is lighter but I mean it's just like it, it was it was interesting but it's a mystery it's a mystery why someone would knock on the door and just give an invitation it's not to a restaurant it's not to a concert so not everyone understands it and uh, I don't know if we recovered from that. It was, it was, it was interesting, but, but uh, the Bible says in verse 2, and this is kind of like the key verse to the whole chapter, if you catch one thing tonight. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. There is that song that said, let all who come behind us find us faithful. In verse 3, Paul said, But with me it's a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of man's judgment. Yea, I judge not mine own self, for I know nothing by myself, yet I am not hereby justified. But he that judgeth me is the Lord. Paul realized that his life was something that God was going to judge. Was it Tupac Shakur that said, you can't judge me, only God can judge me? I know that because I was talking to a guy about coming to church, and he gave me that line as if he was Tupac, and he wasn't. But, uh, but, he's, but he's true. God can, and that's what Paul said. But he that judgeth me is the Lord. Not to, man, quote Tupac in a Bible study, but you know, Tupac really did have something on that, and I'm not pro-Tupac anything, okay? But if a man says it, and it's right, Paul said that the judgment really shouldn't come from mankind, but it comes from the Lord. But that's more serious, not less serious. The way Tupac said it is, I'm just going to live my life any way you want. I don't care what any man says. God's going to have his day. But let me tell you, God is having his day, okay? God is a judge, but he's a righteous judge. It's more serious that we, should, we shouldn't be less serious because God doesn't happen to be visibly present but more serious about our lives than if a man were to judge us. But the Bible said, Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts. And then shall every man have praise of God. So there were a lot of ministers that were probably there when Paul wasn't exalting themselves and saying, Paul's nothing, now I'm the new man, the new sheriff in town. And Paul said, you know, look, God's going to come. God's going to judge. And he's going to bring the hidden things. You see, a lot of what mankind does, you see people's Facebook photos. And then you see them in real life. And you're like, um, it doesn't look like the Facebook photo, right? It's not doctored and everything. We're, we're good at, mankind is good with their reputation, right? They can, they can glossy their reputation and look real good on the outside. But then the scandal comes out, right? And you realize the inside didn't match the outside, right? Or they'll they'll have pictures of uh stars and say, star with no makeup, and you're like, no, that's not even the same person, right? Because it's just that outside image that people work. But what God wants us to do in our testimony is have the inside, our heart to be tender to God. And that is what God looks at. And it's interesting really a testimony, you know, you say you plan things from beginning to end, but you know you really plan things with your testimony from the end to the beginning. Because Paul, didn't he tell Timothy, he said, I fought a good fight. He said, I finished my course. He said, I've kept the faith. So Paul, when he gave his life to Jesus, he said, I'm going to make it to heaven and I'm going to go from eternity backwards. And that's really, the Bible said for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him, ha, Should be healthy and wealthy and wise no that's not what the gospel is should not perish it goes to eternity right but have everlasting life so when we get saved we look at the end which is one day i'm going to step off of this earth one day they're going to bring the hospice bed what's that the last bed you'll ever lay down in on this side of heaven right and uh so i'm going to plan backwards from there you know it's it's really what you do in leadership if you got to be to work Seven o'clock, right? You gotta plan backwards from there, right? 6.15, I gotta be in the car. So that means eat breakfast at uh, no time for breakfast. You know, wake up at 5:30, hit the snooze ten times, get out of the bed at 6:08, and run out the door. You know, but you gotta plan it back from the time, and it's the same thing spiritually, you know, with a testimony, it's really a life plan. If I've got to do one thing, I'm going to make it to heaven. Everything else, I hope I find time for it, right? I'll have a latte. I'll get time for that. Everything else, just no. But spiritually, I've got to make it to heaven. So I'm going to plan it out. And I'm going to put those priorities in there spiritual priorities to plan backward from eternity. I don't think it was an accident that Paul said it. I've kept the faith. Why? Because he planned back from a place that he wanted to get to. I want to make it to heaven. So, how are you going to make it to heaven? A relationship with Jesus Christ is the only way to get there. So verses 6 to 8, we look at Paul's humility, and you know, when God comes in, you're like, God, <laughs> you know, I was reading a book, and uh, it's called Broken Things, and it's, it's just awesome, and uh, say, awesome, you know, that humans, what, what they do, uh, they take something broken, and they throw it out, right? We were just talking to someone. I said, oh, are you building the desk? They said, no, we're getting rid of it. You can have it, right? Junk. And I was just going to try to carry it down for him if it was like an older person, but they didn't seem to want help. Well, you know, people, they, they have something broken and they think it's junk and they get rid of it. Well, God's kind of the opposite. If it's unbroken, God says he puts it aside and said, I can't use it. Why? Because God uses broken Remember when they had that roof and Jesus was preaching? You know what God used? He used the broken roof to let that man down. Uh, The woman with the uh, alabaster box, she broke the seal on the box and that perfume came out. If you've ever farmed, you have to... The Bible says in Jeremiah, I just started, it said, break up which means to turn up your fallow ground. Fallow ground is just ground that's been laying there in thorns and weeds and everything. But in order to farm, you've got to break up that ground in order to make it profitable. And probably the most famous of all things that are broken is Christ. Christ, his skin was broken, his hands were broken, as far as the, it was pierced with nails. And not his bones, but his skin was broken. There was a crown of thorns. So Jesus was a broken person before the Lord. And you know that God has ways of keeping us humble. And you say, preacher, why? Because God wants to make us usable. And when we're walked by faith, we have to look to God. So if God has ever humbled you, don't take that as he's throwing you out. He's breaking you of yourself so that he can Use you. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. And these things, brethren, verse 6, I have in a figure transferred to myself and to Apollos for your sakes, that you may learn in us not to think of men above that which is written, that no one of you be puffed up for one against another. Remember last chapter, he said, Who's Paul? And who was Apollos except ministers that the Lord gave? He was using his name and Apollos' name instead of the guilty parties, right? So he didn't want to like actually talk about the people that were doing it. So he just kind of put it on himself, okay? But he was using himself as an example that uh, you wouldn't be puffed up. And he says, for who maketh thee to differ from one another? And what hast thou that thou didst not And if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou hast not received it? Everything in God is a gift. The Bible says that we're saved by grace through faith and not of works. Why not? Lest any man should boast. Yeah, man, i got this salvation Don't You know, it's like, whatever, it's preacher. But it really, people act like, man, did you save yourself? No, Jesus saved me. Well, then why are you acting like you did it yourself? Who healed you? Jesus. Who filled you with the Holy Ghost? Jesus. Who blessed you? Jesus. So Paul said, that should cause us to be humble. Why? I'm not a self-made man. I'm a God-made Man, uh, my pastor years ago, there was a cologne called One Man Show, and he, I don't think he disliked the smell of it, but he didn't want to wear it. Remember that? Because it's not a one-man show. And my pastor, he was very successful in you know, many ways, but he didn't want to be recognized for that. He wanted to be recognized as a team member and as a Christian, so he didn't wear the cologne. I don't know. I probably would have worn it if it was free, but anyway, so... Now you are full, and he's speaking uh, uh, sarcastically. Now you are rich; you have reigned as kings without us. And I would to God ye did reign, and that we also might reign with you. So he's he's t- he's chiding them a little for not being humble. You know, like one man said, "Victory over pride." We're number one. You know, a lot of times, even just trying to be victory, having victory over pride, you can get proud, right? So. Verses 9 to 13 deals with our testimony before others, before men. And and that's one of the greatest things we have. And it comes out from a testimony with God and then at home and then in society before others. He said, For I think that God hath sent us forth the apostles last, as it were appointed to death. For we are made a spectacle unto the world, and to angels... to men you know that's interesting Uh, this is giving a metaphor the spectacle the word there is from a word where we get theater from the Greek and they would have these uh, gladiator battles and part of the gladiator battles I was reading about there's different there's a lot of different battles there was the morning battle there was the afternoon battle and then there was entertainment there was a halftime show I'm not kidding And one of the halftime show was executions. And so they bring these two convicts out into the, this was just for the halftime show, I guess, for lunch, right? And one of them would have a sword. And so they bring them two out and then they'd fight. Only one had a sword, okay? And whoever won that battle, they had the sword, right? And then one more convict comes in without a sword and they'd fight. And so at the very end, there's one convict standing, right? they let him go free no it's not Hollywood they would send someone in
1: to kill him too
0: and so basically they were all appointed to death there a preacher but that's not that was what Paul was alluding to and everyone at the time would have understood the MMA fights back then which are gladiator battles right and so he said we are fools for Christ's sake but ye are wise in Christ he's talking about their testimony the Christian testimony and going through something and you know I really believe when you go through something and take a stand for God or take a hit for God it actually develops your testimony the Bible says we are weak but you're strong you're honorable but we are despised he's being totally sarcastic okay even under this present hour this is going back to being sincere we both hunger and thirst and are naked and are buffeted and have no certain dwelling place. And labor, working with our hands. Paul was bivocational, right? Being reviled, we bless. Being persecuted, we suffer it. Being defamed, we entreat. We are made as the filth of the world and as the offscouring of all things unto this day. I write not these things to shame you but as my beloved sons i warn you so when you have a real christian shepherd or a real christian teacher he said you know a real a real follower a real disciple of christ they're just cuz they have a glossy presentation a cool youtube video a cool followers he said for though ye have 10,000 instructors in christ yet have ye not many fathers be careful who you follow For in Jesus Christ, I have begotten you through the gospel. So the Bible is sharing here that Paul was reminding them it was the preaching of the cross that got you saved. It was the preaching of the cross that changed your life. And he said, I have been through all these things. My life has been vetted. You know, a lot of times when we go through something, God's just kind of seeing what we're made of, right? You know, if if you're a servant and you get treated like one, do you act like one or do you rear up? Hey, go do this. I'm doing that. But really, we're Christians. And if someone treats, say, oh, they treated me wrong. They treated Paul wrong. But what did he do? He entreated. And one of the most godly men I know is a man named Pastor Olson. He's godly. He's like godly inside out. I even watch the way he sits and it's godly. Is it possible to sit in a godly way? There's just like control and poise in his life. And he's always a challenge to be around because he, want to he makes you want to be better in God, right? Big, better in God. Verse 16. He beseeches them to follow the right examples. I beseech you, be followers of me. For this cause I have sent unto you Timotheus, who is my beloved son, Not real son, but son in the faith. And faithful in the Lord, his testimony, right? You know, that's such a big thing. I can't, if you get that down, you'll have so much. And I'm going to get to that in the end. I've got a few minutes left. But who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways, which be in Christ. As I teach everywhere in every church. You know, one of the things that even dogs learn, animals learn this. Is they learn by example how do you think birds do birds go to school they absolutely do they learn from their mother or they learn from their father that's how a dog learns that's how a fish learns they learn to copy the behavior and and you know what paul knew that too so he's saying follow me i'm going to teach and then timothy he's faithful he's going to teach you what i taught you verse 18 to 21 a power Of a walk with God. So the result, if you have a testimony, it's worth more than money. So you mean that people will love you? No, people are going to treat you wrong. We just read about that, okay? But God can use all that to grow our our, our attitude and our character, and we can lean on God and pray more. You ever gone through something? What do you do? Preacher, I need to pray. Praise God. That's a good place. When we're down on our knees, we can't fall, right? So, but if you have a testimony, they call it having the goods. You know, you've got the goods. There's power in a walk with God. Verses 18 to 21. Now some are puffed up as though I would not come to you. But I will come to you surely if the Lord will. And will know not the speech of them which are puffed up, but the power. Because a lot of people were talking. They call it talking smack. They were just talking like da 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 But Paul said, I'm not just going to come and and have a shouting match, but there's going to be power behind my words, right? He said, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Say, Paul said, if I come and preach, the Holy Ghost is going to back me up. It's not going to be something where it's just a guy giving you this uh, great, you know, presentation. He said, what will you, that I should come unto you with a rod? or in love and in the spirit of meekness. And, and obviously everybody, we like the spirit of meekness better and different, right. But here's the thing that I took from that last few verses there. There's power in Paul's walk with God. There's power in every Christian's walk with God. It's your testimony. The Bible says, it's interesting. The Bible says in James chapter two and verse 19, thou believest that there is one god thou doest well the devils also believe and tremble. so the devils know that god's real right they know that the testimony of god is real they deny him by their actions but they know he's real say preacher but i already knew that but don't you also know There was an account where this guy was going to be, he thought he was going to be cool and go cast out some demons in the book of Acts. And in chapter 19, it says there are seven of them, right? And uh, they said to this person who is possessed by the devil, we adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preacheth. Now notice what the demon says. So there's seven of these guys surrounding this demon-possessed man. It said, and the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know. I know his testimony. Whoa, that's something. But this is what, this is interesting. Paul, listen, I know. And I never thought about this, but could you, is this something that the enemy of your soul would have an idea of your testimony? It didn't say that he just knew Jesus. He's like, oh, no, Paul, Uh, he's he's got the goods. (laughs) He said, but who are you? And it said that this guy went like Marvel Superhero Comics, right, and leapt on these dudes, beat them up, and shamed them. You know, insult to injury, tore off their clothes. Because it said they fled wounded, and they had some explaining due to their wives, right? Because they came home buck naked, right? But they didn't have the goods. And so in the testimony, the testimony is having the goods. Now, uh, we can have the goods in Christ. And a walk by faith, it precisely isn't having everything put together. It's praying a lot. You know, it's like, it's not saying, read about the people who walked in faith. They didn't have everything put together. They were put in incredible situations. And myself, just even today, you know, it's like, we were getting, we're at the eye doctor and getting a bunch of stuff done, and um, I have a hundred percent insurance, which means I pay a hundred percent of the bill. And so, you know, faith isn't like, give me the bill. Faith is like, give me the bill. <clears throat> give me the bill. You know, because we just don't know what's going to happen. But you say preacher, but you, and then we realized we needed this thing too, and it was like, oh, this was this gonna be this much money. And so I just took my hat off. I'm in the waiting room. I said, Lord. Could you just bless us? And I don't even know. I mean, it's just whatever they charge you, right? And you're gonna have to. Pay. You need. A, you need the care, right? So, just today. So my wife, she she comes back and uh, she just went and paid and everything and came back. And I don't know if it was half price, but I mean, we don't even really know these people. We hadn't been there like in a year. But I think God gave us like. I don't even understand the, the bill. I tried to read it and it's like this, this, this discount, price correction discount. And it was at least 50 to 100% off. Now it was still money. I mean, it's still, but I was like, wow, God, that's a blessing. Say preacher, but I want free everything. Well, I just want to live by faith. Yes. And you know that God will take care of you. he like, I don't have, say preacher, what plan do you have? I'm kind of making this up as I go along. It's just by faith. I really, I am. I was that an Indiana Jones movie? Like, what's your plan? It's like, I'm kind of just making this up as I go along. I'm not, but my plan is to trust Jesus Christ. And let me just give you a guarantee. If you have a testimony with God, if you walk with God, then God will take you through everything. And all you have to do is just lean on him and say, Preacher, but well, what do I do in every situation? Keep your testimony with God and pray. And just trust God for all of your needs that you have. And you know what? Men will see it too. Men will see that God is blessing your Life. It's the greatest asset that you can have down here, is your testimony with God, and people will see it, and people will see it. Isn't that kind of why you came, Spencer? You said, "Hey, were you like a preacher guy?" Notice he didn't curse and and use the job site language. I worked one day in the warehouse. What's your deal, man? What's your deal? What's your deal? You don't act like everybody. You don't act like everybody else. And you know what? people might respond in a different way that is exactly what i'm talking about a testimony with god other people look at you and they say in sesame street one of these ones is not like the other one and they say so you're teaching kids how to and that's what christians they're just you're different what is that music you're playing that christian you like it but you know what that's what people are looking for you don't act like the world and talk like the world and walk like the world to lead them to Christ. The church is the best when it's different from the world, talking different, looking different, walking different, and acting different, that people can see that God has been with us. Let's, let's, uh, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that we could evaluate, revive, take heed to the importance of our testimony, our walk with Jesus, And Lord, that our testimony would turn not only with a walk with Jesus, but that we would guard it and then guard our testimony with our family. And then God, that you would bless it and speak to it and that you could be a blessing to others that we come in contact with. In Jesus' name, amen.